Hello, and welcome to the Cinemondo Podcast with Kathy, Mark, and Burke talking about movies, horror, sci-fi, unusual, unknown, forgotten, underappreciated, always interesting. Today, we have a very special guest in the room, actually in the room with us, very, physically present. We're very excited. <laughs> Musician, actor, David Yao. Hi, everybody. Hey. Welcome. <laughs> welcome to the show. Thank you. Oh, and he's being assaulted now by you've got Darwin. Got a dog again. in your lap. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Poor Darwin. Anyway, how you doing, man? Good, thanks. Oh, um, good. It's Saturday. Or no, it's nobody knows what day it is. <laughs> Who cares? It's Monday, know. right? Isn't it Monday? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's whatever day you want it to be. Yeah, these days the, the name of the day just just doesn't really make any. It just just be day. There's yeah. seven days a week. There's day, 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 and then it starts <laughs> over. Day, 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 day. It's true. I mean, especially if you don't have a you know a Monday to Friday job and your schedule is sort of all over the place. Yeah. If you're a freelance or whatever, or have your own business, it's just it's it's it kind of goes away, which I love. You know, like I love not having that Sunday night ugh feeling. Yeah. You know, and live for Friday night and then Saturday kind of goes away and then you have to think about Sunday. And you, you hear just your describe friends. describe my life. <laughs> I'm sorry. Your <laughs> friends saying, "Thank God it's Friday," and you're like, "Why? <laughs> I have to work tomorrow." Yeah. You know that happens too. Yeah. But. Um, you know, we're excited to have you on because, you know, for years you were, uh, you know, a front man for many different bands, the Jesus Lizard, Scratch Acid, and Flipper. You still do that now, right, don't you? We have 10 shows remaining with Flipper. Okay, and, when, and when's that happening? I think, I don't think we have any this month. There are eight in November, like up in the northwest and then, no, I'm sorry, the northeast and then um, Texas, like uh, San Antonio, Dallas, Austin, and then over to New Orleans. Wow. Okay. And then we're playing the day before Thanksgiving at the Roxy here in L.A. Cool. And most of those shows, we have the incredible Rachel Thole playing bass, but the Roxy shows may have be with Mike Watt. Oh. That's oh. very so that's, cool. Yeah. I'm beyond honored to get to sing for Flipper. And then yeah. playing with Mike Watt, it's like, Jesus Christ. I I'm, know. I'm queen for a day. <laughs> it's pretty cool. Yeah. Like royalty. Cool. Yeah. So how, is it still fun touring for you? I mean, like, uh, you enjoy it? you enjoy the whole on-the-road thing still? Yeah, or? yeah. These these flipper shows have not really been much of what you call a tour. It's like little splashes of weekends. Like, just go play Denver on a Saturday and go play Portland and Seattle on a Friday and Saturday. Okay. But, but um, yeah, it's it's fun. It hasn't been that grueling. We just did a month in Europe. And uh, that was that was good. Yeah, so you don't have to be too ho- too you know far from home too much you know in the sense. Yeah, of, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And I like traveling. You know. Yeah, <laughs> and Plus it's co- probably comfortable maybe now than it was when you were in your twenties or whatever. Like you're not sleeping under pool tables these days. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> maybe yeah, snooker we, tables. Yeah, we, yeah. Get, we get our own <laughs> hotel room and stuff like that. That's nice. Yeah. Burke used to be in a band. And he has uh, band stories too. Well, we were we were the sleeping under pool tables kind of a band. <laughs> oh, yeah, I've done, done that. Eight guys in a Motel Six. Yeah, in the basement of oh. the club. Yeah, yeah, we we played one club where the uh, the club owner said you you can sleep in the basement. And we were like, okay, that sounds good. That'll save some money. And it was a nasty like serial killer basement. And you know he he locked us in. And he's like, yeah, I'm sorry I didn't tell you that part, but I'm going to lock you guys in because, you know, liquor upstairs and all that. So, Oh, never mind. Us. Fire hazard. Yeah. Like, remember what? that? You probably remember what? that in, in Atlanta. Oh. Yeah. Locked us in the basement when, with RuPaul. Yeah, RuPaul was kind of punk rock back then. He was totally punk rock, yeah. Mm-hmm. He was a punk rock RuPaul. <laughs> but the, um, you're, you've gone from being, like, front man... In a, in a band that I always felt like I, the Jesus Lizard I've seen live and was a, one of those bands that I always liked because it seemed to pose a genuine threat. Oh, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, thank you. There's, there's so few bands, and I miss that now. You see bands now. I, I went to some show a while back when it was like a metal band, and it was one of those sort of barking dog kind of bands where it was like... <laughs> and all the guys were like makeup, and they were like the, the hairdos and stuff, and they were just like... <laughs> And between songs, the guy would, they would stop, you know, and the guy would say, okay, that was from our third album, and this next one is from, you know, and they would go out of character, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I know they're not really demons, but it's nice to sort of see them go, stay in demon character, and I felt like 
there's very few bands that you feel like the the people that you see on stage are perhaps exaggerated extensions of the actual people. Mm-hmm. Is that how you felt about your bands? Uh, uh, well, I never saw us. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> sort, of, sort of, kind of. I mean, I was weaned on the sort of punk rock in Austin, Texas, and uh, bands like the the Dicks and the Butthole Surfers, it was... Um, they were they were it was a dangerous situation to get into and i really dug that i was a huge fan of the the fact that you might get hurt in the audience yeah. by the audience or by the band and i right. just i just really dug that i've been hurt at shows i remember some interview with you where you said you did a stage dive nobody caught you oh a thousand times a thousand times <laughs> i did that once at a show and it was like the the red sea parted and i landed on the concrete floor yeah the one the, the big one for me was in zurich switzerland and i've seen videotape of this like i jumped in the audience there's a concrete floor and the guys kept playing you know they've seen it happen many times where i don't get up or whatever <laughs> But the the audience picked me up and put me on the stage, and my arm like hit the monitor, and it looks like a dead guy. And we they stopped playing. David Sims, our bass player, said uh, he quit playing when he saw my eyes were open and that I wasn't moving, and the puddle of blood under my head was getting bigger. And so I came to by the time the ambulance got there, and I speak a little bit of German. And so I'm on the gurney, and there's this guy, paramedic with a mustache. And I kept saying, nichts ist los, which means nothing's wrong. <laughs> and I told him that he looked really handsome with his mustache. <laughs> and then the next morning, I woke up in the hospital and didn't know why I was there. And I was in my little gown, and there was blood all over my pillow. And I just wanted a cigarette. So I went to light a cigarette, and there were like five other, you know, Austrian men in there. And they are going, you kind of rock in here. You can't smoke in here. I said, you know, f- fuck that, and, and I went over to with my IV over to the the um, the window and lit up a cigarette, and they all joined me. So, the tour manager came to pick me up from the hospital in the morning, and there's me and four other uh, non-speaking, non-English speaking guys smoking cigarettes by the window. <laughs> that's a classic. That's, that's the life, man. That's a rock and roll ah, story Germans. right there. Yeah. <laughs> I cut my corneas at one show, which both corneas and both eyes. How did you do that? Stage decorations, um, stuff hanging, and I was just running around, and I didn't realize it was paper, you know. And so I had, I went. uh, It was one of those things where every, you know, the people in the front row are all kind of like smiling and kind of bobbing their heads and rocking, and all of a sudden I come back to sing the end of the song and I noticed everybody in the front row was just frozen and looking at me like with their mouths hanging open but I I kept going and kept going and then afterwards I went backstage and I was my face was completely covered with blood I had paper cuts all over my face and my hands and everything so like paper cuts so once you and I didn't even feel it but once I saw it somebody gave me a mirror and I looked and once I saw it it started hurting and I was like ah <laughs> That's awful. Hundred paper cuts. And then yeah, no, the next that night, I tried to sleep and I couldn't sleep. And then the next day, I had to go to the doctor, and he said, "Well, you've cut your corneas. Mm. Paper Sliced cut your, your eyeballs. Eyes. Yeah, uh, paper cuts. What was that old movie? That silent movie where like they slit the eyeball? Yeah, the Andalusian dog. dog. Yeah, 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 yeah Salvador yeah. Dali. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Oh. That happened to me. <laughs> that that's not a scary story. Like you should make up a story about it. Like, yeah, I cut my corneas as part of the show. Yeah, I was like sort <laughs> of an Iggy Pop thing. I got my pocket knife out and cut my eyes. My cat put me in the hospital when he was a kitten. When he was about the size of a beer can, he, I was laying on the couch and he jumped off the couch and scratched my cornea in my one eye. Oh, Ooh. and it hurt a lot. Yeah. And I thought, but this will go away. And like four hours later, I called a friend and said, "Hey, can you take me to the hospital? My eye hurts." And they put some goo on it, and the next day you couldn't even tell. But oh, really? It Amazing. Hurt like crazy. I think I had to wear I had to wear bandages or something. Ooh. Eye stuff. Well, we're big animal lovers. Speaking of cats, so you're a cat, cat guy. You've got a couple of cats, and Um, yeah, I've had cats pretty much my whole life. Yeah. Yeah. How many cats? Right now, three. Ah. Little Buddy, Nico, and Penny. Oh. I have a dog named Nico. So do I. I have a dog named Nico too. (laughs) Believe it or not, I do not. (laughs) Three out of four have Nico as a pet name. Is it Nico as in Velvet Underground? Nico? I don't know. My girlfriend named her. Oh. Ours is velvet. I, no, no, no. 
I think first she thought that Nico was a boy, so I think she named him Nick, named her Nick, mm. and then found out it was a girl and changed it to Nico. So it, <laughs> nobody really knows. It's a it's mystery. Only the cat knows. Yeah. yeah. It's a mystery. <laughs> Are they rescues? Are they rescue kitties? Yeah. They were left, yeah, they were just sort of in a box on her street. Oh, no kidding. Uh, wow. Who does that? A lot of people, How? evidently. A lot of stories like that. Ugh. Why not? If you have kittens, why wouldn't you just take them to a shelter? Why leave them in a box? Like you feel like coyotes, dog. Like there's so many hazards when you do that. I yeah, people don't. do horrible things. They put them in bags and throw them in the lake. Oh, you know, just... <laughs> don't need that visual. Yeah, but Darwin's a rescue. If you couldn't tell, he's a troubled teen, <laughs> but he's on his way. He's evolving. Yeah, yeah when you, when you first had Darwin, you were it was touch and go for he a while. He wanted there. to kill me. Yeah. yeah, he was. He's not not in a good not in a good headspace. That boy. He had Aww. he had issues. That's yeah. sad. But as when did you start? Uh, I mean, really get into acting. I've seen we've both seen Southbound. It was like mm-hmm. the first time, and then um, I don't think I want to live in this world anymore. Is that what it's called? Or, I, I feel at home. I don't feel okay. at home in this world. I always think of that. Uh, it's I, hard to remember. Well, I think of that. The pet, Smith song? Or? Oh, I think of pet, <laughs> the Brian Wilson Pet Sounds. Like, oh, this yeah. wasn't made for these times. That always kind of reminds me of that uh, title. Well, there's, a, there's an old blues song called I Don't Feel at Home in This World Anymore. It's oh. sort of blues gospel kind of thing. Oh, okay. Oh. And that's where the title comes from. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then most recently, which is on uh, Netflix right now, and it's, you know, it's on the splash page, is uh, Under the Silver Lake. Yeah, which uh, which I really enjoyed. I mean, it's a, it's a, the same guy that directed uh, It Follows. Mm-hmm. His name is um, David, Robert. Um, David. David uh, Robert. Mitchell. David Robert. That's right. I loved It Follows. It's so good. Thanks. I, I I like it too. It's funny. A friend of mine said it's one of the five worst movies she's ever seen. <laughs> no, no, no. She said the second worst movie she'd ever seen. And then another buddy said that it's one of the five best he's ever seen. He said it's an instant classic. What, hmm. It Follows or, or, or Under um, the Silver Lake? Under the Silver Lake. Oh, Under the yeah. Silver Lake, yeah. Well, I think it's very much that way. Either people mm-hmm. really love it or people really don't love it. That's great. That tends so to be the way, way yeah. yeah. It's always that way with movies. No yeah. one ever agrees. Like, like I'll talk to other horror fans, and we all talk about great horror movies. Nobody ever agrees on what's good or not. And, they, and you'll be like, my favorite movie is this. And they'll be like, oh, I hated that. And you're just... Different You're stupid. People. You just never. Yeah. It's like, oh, only a stupid person like that. <laughs> different people are scared by different things. Exactly. Some or appreciate different don't things. Don't work. I'm not scared of clowns, so it doesn't scare me. You know that yeah. kind of thing. Also, that clown looks dumb. It's like over. <laughs> to me, it's like overly decorated. It's like designed Macro, and macrocephalic, <laughs> swollen skull <laughs> clown thing. It's like it's, it's not. Yeah. A, it's not a scary clown. It's a makeup he's, to me. It looks yeah. just like you think a makeup. He's scary? No, and he, it, you know, he's not a clown. Even he's right. a he's yeah. a demon kind of thing, and he just like he wants to appeal and scare kids at the same time as a, that clown is sort of his bait. But it's creepy. Killer clowns from outer space is better. It is better. I do <laughs> agree. And they had a bunch of different clowns. So if you didn't like this one clown, you have this other clown. <laughs> so yeah. you can have your choice of scary clowns. Sometimes the most basic looking clown can be the scariest. Yeah, <laughs> do you know what I'm saying? The well, you know, that there's actually a, goes to a, a little, you know, fourth graders uh, party or you something. Know the thing that was, like, that's a scary clown. Yeah. The thing that was happening where people were just showing up, like in the background of photos, like dressed like a clown, just a cheap, dumb clown, like just not well done, <laughs> or looking in a window, like someone just show up at someone's house and look in the window as a clown. Those are creepy, but they're not overly clowned. They're just a person with creepy makeup on, right. which is what makes them scary. <laughs> Have you guys seen Puddles? No. The no. singer? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's really, 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 really great. The shows yeah. are just outstanding. He never says a word, and he's really depressed, and he picks his butt. And <laughs> you've seen... I'm sure you've seen <laughs> I've him. Heard he's got the great operatic yeah. voice. And Oh, yeah, I've seen that. Okay. And yeah, he's, I think, six foot eight. Right. Wow. He's from Atlanta, actually. Is he? Where we all came from. Yeah. yeah. Puddles Pity Party. Yeah. Listen to it. It's really cool. Well. Well, speaking of a couple of years ago for Halloween, Emily, who's uh, my wife, my wife is a makeup artist, and she did a clown clown makeup for me, but it was really really creepy. <laughs> yeah, that's. And I, you know, I had a cut, you know, a, a bloody scar, and I was wearing this weird denim, uh, you know, uh, vest, <laughs> and then all these pictures, you know, we were taken of all these little kids, and in the back, there's me just sort of standing there behind a chain link fence. But the kids in the photographs didn't know that you no were back idea. there. Yeah, so. like, and, the... one, and one parent came up to me, and like as I'm walking around, yeah. kids are running. 
running away from me, and he said, "This is totally not cool, man. What you're doing? <laughs> it's inappropriate. It's Halloween. It's Halloween. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Sir, you're wrong. Yeah. Like, this is exactly what it's about. Yes, yeah. it's yeah. cool. Anyway, <laughs> children are supposed to endure trauma. You're supposed to be scared on Halloween. That's yeah. the deal. But uh, I'll go. Ba- I'll go back to that movie. I was fascinated by it. It's like two and a half hours long, and it's never boring. You know, and Under the yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, you you come in halfway through, and it's a very it's a featured role, it's a small role, but it's a super important role. And it turns out to be you're you're there at the end too. So now, do you think? Um, I don't know if this is a spoiler or not. Do you think that my character is real, or is he in the imagination of the lead? Well, you know, I have to see it again because there's so much going on in this movie yeah. that you just like, okay, is this really happening, or is this is this the imagination? I would tend to think it's the latter. Just because, first of all, he goes, I mean, the scene, Andrew Garfield, who plays the lead, is looking for this girl that he's fallen in love with. And there's this big mystery. And, and to go into it, is, it would, you'd have to see the movie. But there's one, he figures out a, uh, a code that to go to the uh, you know, Griffith Observatory and go to James Dean's statue and sort of rub his head and then go somewhere else. And then something will happen. So, of course, you go to Griffith, there's nobody there. Like, Griffith Observe, there's never nobody <laughs> yeah. there, you know, especially, you know, in broad daylight. It's your first clue. Yeah. Well, that was actually fun shooting that because we got there, like, right after the sun came up, and there was nobody there, and it wasn't like they were really? held back by the crew or anything like that. And so, by the time we started shooting, people were showing up, and uh, it was, you know, tourists going, Hey, Andrew Garfield, how you doing? Hey, Andrew Garfield. <laughs> No, it was kind of funny. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, and then you do it. Uh, he does what he's supposed to do, and all of a sudden, you sort of climb up from the hillside, and <laughs> you're all you're dressed up. As, uh, I, uh, you're the homeless king, so you're yeah. kind of dressed up. All you're dirty, and you have this crown on your head, and you have this big robe, and that's when the scene starts. So it does feel like, well, you know, how did you find out about that? How did you get there? And all yeah. that. So. I said, well, this, but then it just sort of goes in so, so many crazy directions that you don't know if it's I real or not. I said I mean, to the director, David Robert Mitchell, that it reminds me of Mulholland Drive and that you don't know always what's real or imagined or dreams. And uh, he didn't like that just because he feels like they get, he gets too many um, uh, David Lynch comparisons. But uh, I, I wasn't ragging on him. I was just thinking, like, you know, you don't know. And that's, it, that's great for watching a movie because it increases its repeatability and it's fun to talk about, you know. Yeah, yeah I love that when it happens in films. I, I like watching a film and then all of a sudden realizing, wait, what if, that, what if that whole thing was... Like, we talk about that movie Hereditary all the time. Yeah. And um, even The Exorcist. I remember watching The Exorcist and... All of a sudden, realizing, what if this is the mom's delusion that his that her daughter is undergoing a satanic possession? Because it's so absurd, a possessed by the devil. You know, my daughter's possessed by the devil. You know, and then if you watch it again and you think about her having these delusions about her daughter, and what if the other characters are reacting to the mom as though the mom is the crazy one, and the little girl is actually not that bad? You know, in real life. So there's a, there's interesting ways to watch movies <laughs> when you start thinking what if you, you know, when you add the the element of mental illness in like here. the mom would be imagining right. her you know your mother's so cocks in hell and yeah. you're gonna die up there that she would be imagining all that yeah uh, oh, you know and then the priest that the priest just came in and said okay we'll do this for her because she's the one that's nuts you know they're doing it for her to make her like if we come in here and pretend like we're doing an exorcism. Maybe this will help her, you know. And I think that's what all exorcisms kind of are. Exactly. You know I mean, yeah. I feel like it's it's mental illness that the family doesn't know how to deal with it, so they get a priest in there to maybe do some sort of oh, maybe this will fix her, and maybe she'll believe it, you know. And then who knows? This, I have to take this opportunity. I did a tiny little movie in um, uh, New Jersey a few years ago called um, Upside Down Cross, mm-hmm. and I play a con man posing as a preacher who exercises this young girl who's a heroin addict and stuff called there by her mother and um i was relatively inexperienced at that time and i was doing this scene where i'm supposed to be sitting on top of this girl she's tied to a bed uh on her stomach and i'm sitting on her back whipping the hell out of her she had a she had a piece of yoga mat on her back that the camera couldn't see Mm. and i had a belt and so we tested it to see how hard how hard you could hit 
And you could wail on her and she, yeah. it didn't hurt. And so the scene goes like he's screaming and yelling and whipping her and then it develops and he gets sad and starts crying into her, her ear and stuff. And um, it was, an, as, a, as a, an actor, it was so... It was difficult to get in that headspace where, you know, you're whipping a girl. Right. Because that's not good. Right. <laughs> and, but Something not right about that. agreed about that. But I really, I kind of brought it. And then as soon as we were done, I, I went outside and cried like a baby Aww. because I felt like I had just whipped a 23-year-old girl. Yeah. And, um, it looks good and it works, but it was a horrible experience. Yeah. Are you finding that with that you, as you do more roles that uh, that becomes less of an issue, or are you really sort of invested in the character that can affect you? You know, uh, once the scene ends or the, sh- you know, um, the shoot ends. That's the only. That's the only scene where I ever had to beat up a a woman. Um, I think, but uh, yeah, ideally, you know, ideally you should like when the director calls cut. It's kind of your your back to the real world and you go man that was amazing you weren't you and I wasn't me and we weren't here and nobody else was here and it was fucking amazing right right and and that's the that's the biggest thrill I get out of acting when it when that happens this sort of magic happens where you don't feel like you and you don't come across as you and that's fun yeah but it can also be kind of scary I've worked with a lot of actors for years who go through these different processes I've, I'm always, I'm fascinated by the concept of acting and what it is and storytelling and why we seem to need it in our lives, you know, like to see other people pretending to be someone they're not. And it's just weird when you think about it. Yeah. It's like suddenly when you realize music, like what the hell is music? You know what I mean? <laughs> I've, I've had that, that happen to me on stage in my band a couple of times where I'd just be like, what am I doing here? What is this that I'm doing? This noise and these tuned frequencies and all this stuff that people respond to. But acting is one of those things like, what is it, you know? And I've known so many actors who go through those processes where they have to put themselves, they have to become the character, they get into it. And even when they say cut, they're still in there and they walk away from the camera and they're still pissed off and they're still like punching walls and they're still wrapped up in tents and then they go back to the dressing room and they sit there and and they're pissed off and they're they're they feel abused and all this and then it's like okay first team and they come back out and they're still pissed off you know and, and they go home pissed off you know right. they get in the car and they're zooming out of the parking lot and but then other actors like you said when they say cut it's like they're back to the sweet person, you know. They're laughing and joking, and I always know. think about actors that's so magical to me. Yeah, that yeah. actors do that, like ha- inhabiting another person's like headspace, like that. I just I envy that. Yeah, it's amazing. It's really cool, and when, to really go there. Yeah, like you said, like all of a sudden you're like, whoa! Now it's not it's not us anymore. <laughs> but do you feel like when you were? Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> well, I, I auditioned for. Um, I guess it was A Man in the High Castle for Heinrich Himmler. Mm. Oh. And Himmler is just about the most evil son of a bitch who ever yeah. existed. Yeah. And uh, I didn't get the role, but I was kind of glad I didn't because I didn't want to even think anything that that yeah. guy ever thought, you yeah. know? Like, that, that would be a bizarre thing to get into the headspace of somebody like that. Or putting on mm. a Nazi uniform, or uh, I'm not yeah. sure if you, I, I've watched the show, so I can't remember if he was in that or not. You know, like a uniform, but yeah, that would be that would be a tough thing to do and yeah. just get out of. You know, yeah, yeah. Did uh, for acting? Did it sort of was it a, just a natural progression from you know being a front man in a band to sort of like what got you, what got you interested in? Well, I did transitioning? Act, I did acting in high school and college. Okay, but then what I. I quit college in 1979 and didn't really do any more acting until uh, the very early 90s in Chicago. Um, And then when I moved out to California in 2001 or something like that, I tried to take it more seriously and get a reel together and 
go to auditions and take some classes and stuff. Mm-hmm. And so I've had some really good classes and some really, really waste of money classes. Um, what are the waste of money classes? Are they just sort of like a lot of... Yeah, like sort of the just, teacher is yeah. just so full of themselves. And like, you know, you go to a class one day and you do your scene and she gives you a critique and says, do this, 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 and this, work and work on this. And then you come back the next week and she has the exact opposite of what she told you. And it's just like... Mm. They, they, it's just, again, the paycheck. It's just like they'll say whatever exa- they say. Yeah. 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 As opposed to somebody really caring about you getting better. Right. Like you know? I had a, Do you know who David Preval is? Yeah. 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 I had a class with him, and it was great. It was yeah. really great. It was always fun, um, sometimes very emotional. Uh, he brought it out of you? Like, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was good. So you got something out of it. What's the average yeah. class size for an acting class? Like, how many people do you end up being in there? Golly, with, with Dave's, it was small. It mm. was like six or eight people. Seems like small would be better because then it's more personal. Right? Way better, yeah. Um, and then the other one, I, I guess the ones that I didn't like, there were maybe 20 or 25 people in there. There was one guy I became friends with, and uh, the teacher was asking everybody, you know, you know, why do you want to do this? If, if your answer is you want to be famous, then you're in the wrong place or whatever. <laughs> and uh, she asked this one guy, and he goes, I fucking love acting, man. <laughs> and I went, that's good. That's <laughs> good enough, yeah. It's yeah. a good answer. That's funny. Well, it's, I wonder about acting classes. I've always felt like it, because I make little films, and I always feel like when you make films, when you create even animation and stuff like I do, Acting is important to every aspect of filmmaking. Like if, you know, even doing special effects, if you know how to act, then you know how to make this puppet come to life or whatever. So I always felt like it was a good skill to know. But I wonder if it's like, I I always tell this story about when I realized I'm not an actor was when I was in a Sam Raimi film called um, Army of Darkness as an extra, a background extra. And I don't know if I've ever seen this happen in any of the films I've ever worked on before, but Sam Raimi actually personally directed me. He came up and told me to get behind everybody because I wasn't selling it, you know? And I was like supposed to be angry peasant throwing rocks at somebody and I wasn't, I wasn't selling it. So he said, he was really nice. Could you get, maybe just get to the back of the, and I was like, okay. But anyway, there's something that some people have and some people don't have. And I think with an acting class, maybe is it sort of just trying to bring up what you already have? And some people... Have you ever been in an acting class where there's somebody who's not who's not selling it? Oh, yeah. And they just sort of... Oh, you just yeah. know they have no natural ability. Right? Well, part of the reason I took this, some of the classes I've taken, it was to get to subdue the fear because mm. I would get really, really scared on auditions or even on set. I'd get scared, and the acting classes have helped um, sort of reduce the fear. How does it go? How do you go about reducing fear for acting like that? Uh, cumulative experience, just oh, doing just it over and over, it. so it's not yeah. new anymore. Yeah, because right? yeah. I always wonder, like, could I be an actor? And then it's like, probably not, because I'm really afraid, and I, I don't want to memorize anything. And you're like, if I took an acting class, would I then know how to be an actor? And I say, I don't think I can do it. Kathy, my, Way fresh, too scared. my freshman year in college, I took an intro to acting class. And I remember the first class, and it was like, you know, 18 people, you know, sitting cross-legged on the floor. And they go around, okay, what, you know, what, you know what's your, what do you want, why do you want to take this class? You know, have you acted before? And I was the last person. And you know what happens to me? I, I have, you know, I stage fright times a hundred. So they're going to everybody, you know, I did this, I did summer stock, blah, blah, blah. And then they come into me and like, I'm starting to sweat. My, my throat's closing up, you know, and I just can't, I can barely say anything. And I just said, I, I completely lied because I've never acted. Instead of saying I've never acted before. I said, oh, I, I, play, I was in Brigadoon. That's what I said. <laughs> and they go, oh, what character did you play? I said, uh... <laughs> I played Brigadoon. I, I played Brigadoon. <laughs> and then the class was over, and I immediately went to add drop and got rid of that class. So that was my, uh, that was my experience. That's my fear. Being in an acting class and realize, but, I can't act. <laughs> but you confronted that and worked through it. I love and that. And now you're a working there was, actor. There was an audition I did in Chicago. It was for some MTV show. And I had my lines down, and I was ready to go, and I went to the audition, and I completely choked, completely. Mm. I forgot everything, no. and I said, you know, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm wasting your time. And the director said, no, it's fine, it's fine, just, you know, t- 
take a breath. You're fine. And I went, okay. Nope. <laughs> I'm leaving. <laughs> I'm oh. sorry to waste your time. And, and I just left. That, so that's the worst one that ever. Oh. And so the, the idea of like just getting the script and kind of rereading it or refreshing, like that wouldn't help that blank out? I think, yeah, I think I just... You're just like I lost shut it. shut down, yeah. Yeah, you just had a, kind of that implosion, <laughs> said, I'm done here. That is what I feel like would happen to me. But see, that, it's weird. People think this doesn't make sense, that someone who could be a front man in a, in a band mm. that was as in your face as the Jesus Lizard, for instance, like a, a fearless expression, you know, you're letting it out on the stage and how could someone like that experience fear with anything in their lives you know uh i understand that um but i think that it's really calm i mean i get nervous before shows always Mm -hmm. and then you know about three seconds into the set it's gone why is that do you think adrenaline yeah um and especially with the Jesus Lizard, it's and with Flipper right now, it's just a, it's so much fun. Yeah. And some of these Flipper songs, I feel like a silverback gorilla. Like, <laughs> if you choose to mess with me, I'll rip your head off. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, but I'm a little fella, and I couldn't hurt anybody if I tried. But I feel like that when yeah, you know, doing yeah, well, that shows on you know when you you know on stage, it's like oh this guy has that presence. He's intense. And people, you know, that's rock and roll, yeah, right? You. I mean, that should be terrifying in some ways. It should confront, you know. Well, I see some of your old videos on YouTube, from, you know, from the '90s and stuff. You know, there's like I think a set from Boston that's recorded um, mm-hmm. from like '94, and you're just intense. You're fun and intense. You're a class, you know, showman, you know. And it's just well, like it's really. Mark. I mean, no, yep. check it out if you if you're not familiar. Just just uh, look it up. It's it's fun stuff. And, and Emily was always, you know, my wife's a big pusher of your band and stuff. And so he, she has gotten me into you guys. Cool. So it's, it's neat that that's happened. Yeah. Well, you kind of brought that crazy, you know, aggressive gorilla thing to Southland. Uh, Southbound. Southbound. Southland. Southbound. <laughs> right. Um, I'm thinking about, oh, bust into the bar. And yeah, with the gun. And you're all like, ah. Well, you're like, you're, you're robbing the bar. You're yeah. ready to go crazy. But you're actually there looking for your And to be kind of the yeah. hero. Like one of the few heroes in the movie. Yeah. And then you realize the people, the patrons of the bar aren't exactly, you know, normal people. Yeah, definitely that. <laughs> yeah. But that was cool. I mean, it was, it was like a scrappy, you know, you feel like, oh, someone finally is going to get this in hand. And eh, maybe not. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Yeah, and I have a beard in that too. Yep. You had a beard, and then you ended up, you know, in the desert, you know, getting your clothes ripped off by a bunch of naked <laughs> guys. Like, like and <laughs> scene. You know. That was weird shooting that because the director wanted um, this naked guy to reach in the car. I was in the driver's seat and pull me out of the car, and I was going, that's, you know, I mean, he's not going to be able to do that. And he did. First, first take, he just whipped me right out, and I couldn't believe, I couldn't. <laughs> I thought, wow, that was surprising. That's Naked man. And you didn't even rehearse it. You're just like, go ahead, just rip him out of the car. We're just going to do it on yeah. film. I think, I think we only did it once. That's and, hilarious. And That's the thing. The thing I love about working in the entertainment industry is that people that do have those, those stories. Like if someone ever says, you know, randomly, you know, what, have you ever been yanked out of a car by a naked man? You, yeah, I have, actually. <laughs> Only once. Those come up. And I got, paid, and I got paid for it. Yeah. So. Felt, and it's on film. Anyone can see it. I felt for the makeup girls. Yeah. Because there were about seven or eight naked guys painted white. Uh. Oh, yeah. Was that airbrushing? Were they doing airbrush on that? Or? I, think, I think so, yeah. yeah. I hope so. <laughs> Sometimes in situations like that, they... Yeah, finger they, paint. They, <laughs> that'd, be, that'd be not so fun for them. <laughs> Sometimes they let them self-apply them, in situations like <laughs> yes, that. Like, so you just put you this do the rest. You. Here's the paint. You do the rest. <laughs> uh, but but je- definitely check that film out. And you have something else coming up? Uh, what, what's, your, what's your next uh, release? Or? A while back in Santa Fe, shot a movie directed by an Australian guy named Zach Hilditch. And uh, it's called Rattlesnake. And it comes out on Netflix, I think, in the middle of October. And what's that about? Give it a little uh, log line. Um, I play a, uh, a um, Iraqi war vet who sells guns illegally. Mm-hmm. And uh, this was, a, as far as acting, this was a really cool thing. Um, a dear friend of mine, his father is a, 
an actor and an acting coach. He like taught John Riley and all that kind of stuff. And um, I got the sides for the the script for that movie, and uh, I just wanted some pointers from him. And he said, first and foremost, those people, the you know war veterans, are profoundly preoccupied, and that was such a hmm. huge help because. No matter what's going on in his life, it's not at the forefront of his mind. He's, you know, he's been through this hell that people can't imagine. Right. And uh, that's always present with him. And so when we got to set, it also in the script it said that he's an artist and he does paintings. When we got to set, they had had a local artist do probably 20 or so paintings that were really large. Like the smallest one was probably six foot by six foot. And there was a big one of the hooded torture victim from Abu Ghraib, mm. where he's got the, oh. the black hood and the electrodes on yeah. his hand. And uh, it was an incredible help for my character. Like, okay, I painted these, mm. and they're just so tormented. And so um, that was a... That's a really smart, you know, observation yeah. to yeah, give or, you. Or like um, when I did um, I Don't Feel at Home in This World Anymore, uh, Macon Blair, the guy who directed and wrote that, sent me a playlist of music that my character would listen to. Mm. That's and really it, cool. And most of it I had never heard before. Like it was old rockabilly and some old blues stuff that I'd never heard. Hmm. And I was going, wow, what a great thing to give you insight into you know, the person you're supposed to portray. That is great because music can be so personal. You know, and what people choose to listen to all the time, it can really take you into a certain attitude in your brain. Yeah. That's really cool. Emotions puts you into That's a cool shortcut. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we had an actress on a few weeks ago, Elizabeth Roberts, who was in this movie, Itsy Bitsy, and she talked about how she would get a playlist, what she thought the playlist for for the character she was playing, and she would play that to kind of... Wow, that's great. So I think music, I mean, obviously that it's just a connection, you know, connection to our past. We listen to songs from the past. It brings us back to something good, a positive, mostly positive, but sometimes negative things that happen to you. So, yeah, for sure. And do you ever get into the, into your character through the setting, through the, through the set decorations or the props and things like you, you black out, you get a black spot for the crew and the camera and you only see your your props and your your environment. Yeah, and even once you get in a costume, I've like I've yeah. done a couple of westerns, and when you wear um, spurs, yeah, man, it 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 changes gears. It's yeah. so cool to walk along just going, and it, the spurs jingling. <laughs> yeah, it's so cool. That's really yeah. funny. It's it's funny how props can. I've seen that. Try, I did props for like decades, and when you hand people their their firearms. It transforms them. Once they have this mm-hmm. machine gun, suddenly they become the badass, you know. And another thing I've talked about a few times, I used to make um, these things for... There's a few actors who, in, when I was doing this, got me to make them wallets and other little personal effects that weren't really part... They weren't hero in the show or anything, but it would be... We'd talk about a backstory, and then he would say, you know, make me my stuff, you know, make my wallet. And it would be sort of outside of the props person on that show and sort of secret, you know, like the prop master on the show didn't even know I did this, you know, for him. And you wouldn't even see the wallet? Mm -mm. He would just have it like a talisman, like a thing in his pocket that was of his character. And he's... It liked a couple of people have told me this that they just wanted things of their character, and I got kind of where I could do that, and kind of we'd talk about it, and I have tons of resources for that, you know, like that's magical, you know, like a mason, like a Freemasons membership card or something, you know. I was I not too long ago I had new headshots taken, and this photographer um, handed me a gun. And he, it was it was not in the frame. Right. He just said, you know, when you're holding a gun, it changes your thing yeah that's fascinating so my thing was changed yeah <laughs> thing. Was, thing changed. was it changed that's back when you had to give the gun back yes yeah, yeah. Yes. You I, kind of suddenly, I was suddenly a little boy again 
But I've it done, is funny how things can transform mm-hmm. you like that, like makeup or like I've known some actors that that you can just tell when they get there. You know, they sit in the makeup chair and they're just the normal person who just got out of their car and walked across the parking lot to the makeup trailer and sat down. And then they'll put on some appliances and some dirt and whatever and put their, you know, grease up their hair and put on the ragged clothes or whatever the character is. And when they step up out of the makeup chair, not only do they look different, but they have they walk different and they talk different and they walk out of the makeup trailer completely transformed. It's fun to watch that happen. (laughs) Yeah. Well, uh, did you get that in Under the Silver Lake? I mean, you are in some getup, you know, and, <laughs> yeah, and, it's, and you're it's all hard dirty. To, and... It's hard to tell watching the movie, but that uh, cape that he wears is made up of, which is also sort of a clue, sorry, listeners, sort of a clue <laughs> Spoilers. That, he's, that he's in the character's imagination because that cape is made up of parts of his life. Like there's a squirrel who dies at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's that squirrel is on the cape and pieces of yeah. the balloon girl's clothes and all that kind of see, stuff. See, that's why I have to see it again because there's, so there's so much in that movie, I feel, that and, I'm missing first time through and you're just sort of following the story. Yeah. You know? And yeah. then as far as the makeup, I had an actual beard when we shot it first and then we finished and uh, the director said, you're, you're wrapped. And I said, I can shave off my beard. And he said, yeah. And then about a month later, we had to do a couple little pickup shots. And so the makeup department did an amazing job of recreating <laughs> my beard that looked exactly like beard. my actual beard. And That's I was so impressed. Wow. Do that. You know. That's crazy. That's good. That's a good makeup department because I've seen that happen too, where they bring people back in and they've cut their hair and they have to make wigs. And it's like, okay, we need to get a flag to block the light off their head (laughs) so that we don't see their hair because that is a bad wig. Did you ever see um, uh, Lucky Man or Oh Lucky Man with the. Uh, uh, Malcolm McDowell. Yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, his hair is just from one scene to the next. It's like long and it's short. Yeah, and it's long and short and then different. And it's yeah. the continuity was, wasn't great. That was a Michael Anderson, Lindsay Anderson Lindsay film. Anderson. Yeah, yeah. yeah, like If and Britannia. Right, right, mm-hmm. right. Yeah, but uh, yeah, it happens to um, Dorothy in The Wizard of Oz too. She really? that really? film was made over the course of. So many years that it's funny oh, you don't even know notice it because you've seen that movie so many times. But watch it now. Focus on her hair. Okay. And Dorothy's hair totally changes. It's weird. And once you notice it, you can't unsee it. <laughs> sort of like when the Tin Man undoes the rope and lets the balloon go. Once you see that, you can never unsee it. What? That's what? another mystery about. Say that. it again. At the end, remember the balloon? Yeah. And. and uh, you know that she's going to get in the balloon, but then he leaves without her, and it's like, oh no, she she's trapped in Oz now. The freaking Tin Man is standing there with the rope, and you see the actor untying the rope so that the prop balloon can be lifted up, and he's looking and he's going, oh goodbye, and he's untying it. You can totally see it. <laughs> now that you know that, you watch wow. the movie again, and you'll know what I'm talking about. So and he's just a bastard. Well, it, it, it plays into that thing again where you wonder, um, you know, is this, you know, of course we know it's in her imagination, but you're thinking, it, does he represent some aspect of her imagination that's trying to keep her in her childhood? Hmm. Interesting. Wow. Freaky. Creepy. Yeah. That well, movie is so filled with stuff. Well, there's that classic goof where there's like some sort of weird animal or something in the background of a scene that's a peacock and everybody peacock, was saying yeah. that it was a ghost or something yeah, yeah. You know. so it's a peacock that's a peacock. Just a peacock. They had, on the set yeah they had peacocks all running around yeah. in there but well, one of the be- one of the worst or best movies where continuity is so fucked up it's uh it was an, from the 80s movie called jagged edge it's like a courtroom <laughs> drama with uh jeff bridges and glenn close and it's a lot of it takes place in a courtroom, and from scene to scene, you know, the, same, uh, the people's shirts change color, you know, oh, no. outfits are totally changed within like from what one shot hell? to the next. And if you just watch it just for that, it is un like they were just out to lunch the whole time making that movie. And why would you even get dressed in a different outfit? I mean, what? They what just come back three days later. They just, and they just they had no clue who, what they were wearing. Somebody didn't, didn't take their continuity yeah. Polaroids. That is and so funny. They were like, what yeah. shirt was she wearing here? Yeah. It's like, I don't know. Yeah. And I'm a, amazed. A biggie is in uh, North by Northwest. When uh, after, the, um, after the plane oh. drives into the truck, and uh, there's one shot of there's a pickup truck and stuff, and the shadows are going across the street. 
And then they cut to something else, and they cut back, and the shadows are going the other way. Right. <laughs> oh, I didn't know that one. I know the one where right before the explosion at Mount Rushmore, the kid puts his ear. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> I know that one. That's a classic. That's yeah. really funny. Uh, I'm amazed sometimes movies get made like that they come out well. It's a complete miracle that any movie. It's weird. Can be, yes. It always seems like by the by the skinnier teeth and it's just barely getting done, and then you see even just dailies, you're like, oh, what's this going to be? And then somehow it magically is amazing. <laughs> like, how yeah. do they do that? I mean, what other art form requires so many people to collaborate and mm-hmm. do their job right? And it's it's there's nothing else like it. It's insane. The biggest skill in the entertainment industry is knowing who to hire, you yeah. know, who, and trusting them. And when you work on shows where where people trust each department to do their job and they leave them alone, those tend to be the best ones. The ones where everybody's micromanaging every department and and that kind of thing. Where it's like, no, you just need to learn who to hire. You know, hire the right people, let them do their thing, and that's that's when everything happens. It seems. <laughs> it's incredible. Have the sets been mostly? I'm sure they've been good, uh, good, uh, you know, situations for you. Like it's always been kind of a mutual. It's it's varied. It's experience. varied a lot. From yeah. I mean, absolutely minuscule budgets to sort of actual real budgets, and very often when you do a project like that, at the end, you know, you pat pat everybody on the back and say, "Hey, man, it's great to meet you. We got to keep in touch," <laughs> and it never happens right, really. Right. But doing, I don't feel at home in this world anymore. I have five actual friends that I have made in that shooting that movie. And, like I talked to Macon today. I love that guy. He's oh. just outstanding. And um, you know Jane Levy and Robert Longstreet and we're pals and Melanie Linsky and great uh, people. I mean that's they're, really they're cool. like really and then, good actors. And... and I don't know if you noticed, but my character in the movie has uh, cat tattoos on his hand. Oh, I didn't oh, notice yeah. that. The, but I'll check it out. The day after we shot the movie, the day after we wrapped, like. Six or eight people from the cast and crew went to this tattoo shop and got the cat tattoos. <laughs> oh. They were on my hands, and I, I even have this little one here. This, oh. You know, yeah, I, oh. Got, I got ink. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Kitty. Yeah, tough, tough guy. Get a little closer to the microphone. There we go. Okay. Everybody saw that? Everybody yeah. see that? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> we'll That's post cool. a picture of it on social media. Yeah. You can do that. <laughs> yeah, because it is a family for a month or however long the shoot is, then, you know... And that's why TV shows, you know, you have this great experience for it could be for years and years and years, and it, but eventually it ends. So if you can keep, a, you know, keep friends from a, from a movie shoot, that's special. It yeah. is. You it know? really is. I yeah. lucked out with the, with that with that particular gang. Well, you, it's like you're in combat together. It's like you have war stories, and you went through a you went through a traumatic thing together where you're working and you're you're doing. You don't even know what you're going to be doing in five minutes with these people. And I, I just finished a show that I was on for almost eight years, and that was like a sad, you know, bittersweet rap party. Wow, yeah. <laughs> and you do. I've done, but the thing is, I've done that all through my career. You know, I've had these long shoots, these long experiences. I worked on a feature film once for almost three years, and at the end of it, you're like, you know, you're weepy and crying. These these great people that you share these great experiences with, and. And you do say that you're like we're gonna we're gonna hang out we're gonna stay together we're gonna stay friends and you don't all the time but yeah I do some of my very best friends are people I've met on films that I worked on yeah well going back to Macon Blair I think he's like I mean I loved Blue Ruin yeah, and, yeah. Uh, Green Room we did a big deep dive on that and he was you know did you see Hold the Dark. Oh yeah, yeah, yep. great in that too. That's all. Uh, who's the director? We did the thing on him. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Jeremy Saulnier. Jeremy Saulnier. Right. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh, oh yeah, he's great. Are, yeah. Gosh, you're so good. Yeah. So that's cool, and he's he's a good actor. And in making in uh, in uh, Green Room was the one character that was sort of like, you know, one of the bad guys who was actually had a little bit of a heart. Right. Right. You know, just like, you know. Did you happen to catch his cameo in um, I Don't Feel at Home in This World anymore? No. no. He's no. the guy there at uh, Melanie Linsky's at a bar, and she's got this book, and yeah. he spoils the book for her. Yeah. He's going, like, oh, yeah. No, you'll, it's coming right up. You'll see. He was her father. <laughs> oh, I have to see that again. I saw it when it first came out. That I was too. like two years ago, right? That's been out for a couple of years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I have to re- That was a fun movie. I like yeah, that. Yeah, I have to rewatch that because I like it. Man, a lot. that thing was a trip because it was so much fun to make, and it was A24 and Netflix and stuff. 
and um, Macon emailed everybody and said, hey, they've decided in their infinite wisdom to not submit it to festivals. Hmm. And so we were all bummed out. And then he, called, he sent another email like a week later and said, well, they changed their mind and it's premiering at Sundance. Cool. So we got tickets to go to Sundance. And then a few days later after that, Macon called and said it won Best Picture at Sundance. Whoa. It was, I, I was crying, like, oh. and just laughing, shoot, tears shooting across the room <laughs> and laughing hysterically. It was like, no way, man. That's like Beasts of the Southern Wild. Like, what, oh. are you kidding? Best film at Sundance? That's cool. Yeah. Look out. Was that a fun experience, Sundance? Yeah, it was, yeah. yeah. Well, it was a weird one because there was at the same time as they were doing the Million Woman March. Mm-hmm. And so that town... Uh, Park City? Park City was overrun by people and there was nowhere to stay. Yeah. And it snowed and it was slushy and we tried to get to the march and couldn't because traffic was so crazy. Mm, but yeah. the, the Sundance itself was... Um, yeah. It was cool. Did you wow. do a pan- panel or an appearance when no, you... Oh, okay. No. No. <laughs> no, Elijah, Elijah Wood and Melanie and Macon did. Mm. Yeah, is he is he doing, is he directing anything? What's he, or is he acting and stuff? What's he, what's he up to? I'm curious. Um, Macon. Yeah, he's got he's got a movie that he's trying to get funded right now. Okay, yeah. cool. Well, I can't wait to see Rattlesnake. I know that sounds really yeah. good. Yeah, looking I'm, forward I'm, to I'm that. Eager to see it too. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I hope you're in many more films. You're, well, what is you're a the, definite presence. What's the what is the ultimate what do you, what would you what kind of roles or what role like if you could pick what you would want to be in? What type of thing would you I don't know. I mean, uh, generally I play uh, generally I seem to be cast as a bad guy. Um but I'd like to, you know, do everything from being a a little fairy to you know, <laughs> a, little fairy. A, a cannibalistic Jerk off, <laughs> cannibalistic jerk off. That yeah. but that's a big, that's a wide range of available roles. Yeah. Um, well, you want to st- cannibalistic stretch it, you jerk stretch off fairy. You know? Yeah. <laughs> um, so nothing, nothing is sort of out of your, like, you you could do a you'd be a, in a Marvel film or you could be in a indie film. You ideally, uh, you know, we, you know. We, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I'd like to try. Yeah. Um, like I said with the Heinrich Himmler thing, I was a little daunted by that. I didn't, yeah. I didn't. I wasn't so much into that. But you know, I've played guys who kill people and stuff, and I got over that. Okay. <laughs> but some people who play, you know, like normal characters in films, they always say, "God, I'd really love to play a bad guy." They always. That's always kind of like the fun thing. I worked with an actor who played a real Boy Scout type character and he, during the course of the series he got to turn into uh it was revealed that he was a mole you know and he was the bad guy and he ends up just blankly shooting someone in the head and you're like whoa and he was saying that was so cool i love playing this bad guy all of a sudden after being this goody guy for so long but some like you're saying you always play the bad guy so you're thinking you'd like to play a very friendly fairy. I've played you know? friendly guys. I mean, it's not always a bad guy. <laughs> a friendly guy. You know, the, the one, of the, one of the things that sort of surprised me is, you know, when you're a kid and you play cowboys and Indians and you shoot your gun, you go... Yeah. Pew, pew. It's really difficult not to do that. <laughs> yeah. when, you know, you know, don't, don't go when yeah. you shoot the gun. It'll, we'll take care of that. <laughs> I've seen That's that really phenomenon funny. many times on That's the set. Really That's funny. so funny. You didn't do that in Southbound with the big, uh, the, the sawed-off shotgun or whatever you had, like boom. <laughs> I probably did. <laughs> Bam. Yeah. You have to That's turn really the good. sound Cut. off for you for a second. God, David, yeah. let's do that again without the sound. Off. You well, made and, the bam sound again. And and I don't feel at home in this world anymore. I shoot two two guys. One of one is an accident, and the others, well, they they're almost sort of accidents. And my character was really surprised. Like, you don't see that too often in movies when people shoot and their reaction is like, oh, wow. I mean, sorry. Um, you know. Right. Yeah. That is good. Um, <laughs> so that was just sort of a happenstance, like, worked out well. Are there any movies or performances that have really inspired you that you hold up as, like, kind of an example of what you kind of strive for? For some reason or another, while we've been talking, I was thinking of uh, Brad Pitt. Because 
anybody that handsome shouldn't be allowed to be talented. <laughs> right. But he is incredible. Like, if you look at the difference between um, 12 Monkeys and Seven and Burn After Reading and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, he's incredible. Yeah. Like, Burn After Reading, he is... he completely transforms into that guy. Yeah. You think that's yeah. a Schwinn. Right. You know? Yeah. He's just, he's tremendous. Him and, um, and uh, another handsome guy, uh, 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 DiCaprio? No. <laughs> Clooney? No. <laughs> me? Are you talking about me? Burke Sauls? Yeah. You know, uh, Benicio oh, Del Toro. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh. yeah, I was at a party, this rock star's birthday party and there were tons of celebrities there and I wasn't going to bother any of them <laughs> until I saw Benicio Del Toro and I had to go over to him to say man thank you you're incredible mm. and um, I started to scurry away and he grabbed my elbow and said what's your name and we tat- chatted for about 10 minutes and he was tremendous that's was, cool oh, yeah. and boy is he handsome <laughs> he can do anything too He's, yeah. he can do like Funny and scary. Well, the usual yeah. suspects. I remember the first yeah. time I saw that. Just like what, so what, what kind of accent is that? It was just so interesting. You know, he just yeah. sort of just it was uh, captivating. What a talent! Yeah. yeah. And even in, you're talking about the Marvel films. He plays the collector in that. That's where right. this really f- oddly flamboyant, mm-hmm. bizarre alien character that he's yeah. really great. <laughs> he's true. always he's one of those actors who's always interesting. Like yeah. In anything. It's gonna. He's gonna. Uh, there's gonna be one thing in the movie you're gonna like. It's yeah. gonna be his yeah. character. His, yeah. His, uh, you know his performance. Um, well, I like like Brad Pitt and DiCaprio and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I loved them together because they were so effortlessly good. I mean, they weren't themselves, but you didn't feel like you could see them acting at all. Like it felt very natural and very relaxed. Like there was something really nice about that lived-in feel that I think is so hard to pull off. Absolutely. Harder than it looks. And those guys. I mean, Jesus, the, uh, what's eating Gilbert Grape? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I thought they casted... He's spectacular. Uh, a mentally challenged kid. I thought yeah. so, too, when I first mm-hmm. saw the film. I, yeah. thought, I thought, wow, they really, that must have been really difficult to work with right. you know, someone who must have been... And he was like 15 or 17 yeah. or whatever, whatever his age crazy. was. Crazy. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that yeah. was a special... It was a great movie. Did, did you like the Tarantino flick? Yes, I yeah. did. I, yeah. yeah, I... I went to see it with friends and my buddy Jason. It was his fifth time seeing it. My <laughs> girlfriend's second, and I've only seen it once now. But I want to see it again because, yeah, I, I. It was so funny, and even the violence was funny. Mm-hmm. Wasn't it? People were laughing when you know, like it was just so over the top. Yeah, it was crazy. Yeah. Well, it's yeah. so gratifying to see certain people get killed that you're like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, all right, I like this. I enjoyed that. And it was a sweet ending, and when they, when the. You know, yeah. You Spoilers. haven't seen Burke hasn't seen. No, I won't. The dog dies. No. <laughs> oh. <laughs> no, no, no dog. No. But uh, yeah, I thought that 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 to me captured a lot of things, like the whole you know the idea of getting older and staying relevant in Hollywood and having to balance that with then being this character, but then acting as that character in another role and trying to inhabit a role. Like it seems so complicated and so layered. Like a, when you watch that on screen, you're just like, how. How do they do that and make it look so easy? Right. Yeah. Did you get, did you, uh, uh, you know, um, the scene where DiCaprio's character goes back into the trailer and is all pissed off because yeah. he forgot his line? Did you uh, relate to that in all, at all as far as like uh, just that sense? Well, are of you like, talking about my drinking? <laughs> yes. I, um, <laughs> yes, the drinking well, aspect of your career. You should uh, put that whiskey bottle back. <laughs> um, uh, uh, sort of, kind of. And also, I'm told that that was. Um, DiCaprio's idea that that scene was not in the script, but he told Tarantino he wanted to break down and just completely freak out on himself. No and kidding. That was improv- improvised and uh, not in the script. It was a great yeah. scene because it was also kind of funny. Like, yeah. It was sort of like, oh, know, yeah, yeah. I'm never going to drink again. Yeah. <laughs> he throws the bottle, then he goes, gets it, you know. So, yeah, anyway. So good. I need you to should see che- this. You should I check it out, it. Burke. Yeah, I know. I know I'm going to like it, but I just haven't had an opportunity to see it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And see it on film. Yeah. Yeah, we saw it at the Arclight. So. Okay. <laughs> Hashtag art like. But what are, we're talking about actors and, but what are some films that made you think, or wh- was it even film that made you think acting would be fun? Or I want to, tr- I want to do that. Was there a film that changed your life when you were a kid or younger? Or? Uh, 
I'm sorry, Burke. I don't think so. <laughs> That'd be um, no. I mean, I, there's movies that I absolutely love, but I don't remember ever them. I don't remember them ever like uh, saying, "Hey, David, be this." Yeah, um, be yeah. this. I mean, I'm, I've always been interested in acting, and and I sort of got started because in Chicago. A friend of mine is a, a filmmaker, and he just asked me to be in his movies because he thought that I would be good. Mm. And, um, and that sort of gave me the bug. And then, like I was talking about, when, you've, when you feel like you're not really yourself, that you're this character, and that doesn't happen all the time, but when it does, that's what you want. Right. And, and that's that sort of... That's got to be an intense high. Yeah. Just like, yeah, a, just like a crazy feeling. Yeah. Like, you know. And, so, but that's yeah. That, I don't, what? <laughs> well, what are some of the films that you absolutely love? You said there's films. Do you have like favorite films or? Uh, for a long time, The Shining was my my favorite movie. Mm, that's a good one. And um, then I was dating this girl some years ago and went to the um, Hollywood Forever Cemetery and saw Holy Mountain. Oh. And uh, I'm not a pot smoker, but I smoked <laughs> some pot. And like three minutes into that, I was going. This is the best movie ever made, <laughs> and um, so that's a fave. Uh, and his other—have you seen his other films, Jodorowsky? Jo- jo yeah, I've got the box set, uh, DVDs and stuff. And you saw the film about the documentary about his Dune? version of Dune. Yes, yes, amazing. <laughs> yeah. So I can't. I can't. I can't even imagine what that... I don't even know if it would be a good film, but I would definitely want to see Salvador Dali playing Baron Harkonnen, oh you know, <laughs> or whatever it was. That would be so cool. <laughs> oh, God. Well, was this fun for you? Yeah. You're right. It was super fun. You have to come back. Can you, be, can you come back and talk about other projects that, as they happen? Or Absolutely. I mean, I don't have anything slated right now. Okay. Which, which is a drag. I... I I haven't worked since doing Rattlesnake, and that was whenever that was. But um, is that yeah, part I, of this the acting life? I mean, it just sort of it comes in waves, and then it can go cold. Sort, sort of, kind of. I mean, I've got a regular job, and uh, I do photo retouching. But I would like to have acting pay the bills. Sure. But uh, sure. That's. Uh, but I think you about you're acting in in you know movies that people are seeing, and I just yeah. I think it's just a. Doing that is incredible, number one. And then, mm-hmm. you know, if it keeps growing, um, then that, that's a possibility. But you're doing it the right way. People come here and say, I want to be an actor. And then nine months later, they go back home because they have to pay the rent. Right. And they, and they don't right. want to work as, uh, at another job. That's just, and, that's not reality. Yeah. And, you know, with the bands I've done, I occasionally get recognized by people. They go, hey, blah, 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 blah. There's only been one time that I got recognized from the acting thing. <laughs> And have you seen the Off video? There's the band Off mm. with Keith Morris from Circle Jerks and Black Flag. Mm. Um, I did a video with them called Hypnotized, mm. and it's really a good video. Yeah. But I was at this restaurant um, not too terribly long ago, and this guy came up and goes, you're the dude from that Off video, aren't you? <laughs> and I went, yes, I am. <laughs> That's me, young man. <laughs> and that was, that was really uh, That's funny. <laughs> That was really great. That's really good. That's pretty cool to get recognized. That's really cool. I think it'll keep happening for you. Mm-hmm. Especially, I think, you know, even though you're all made up in uh, under the Silver Lake, it's, uh, you know, with the beard and, and the dirt and all yeah. that kind of stuff. It's a, it's a really good role. And uh, I hope there's more good stuff for you. Thank yeah. you, you very much. Yeah. Look forward to the days when you go to a restaurant and somebody sits in the booth with you and is like, I saw you, all, all of your movies. Let's get a can, selfie. Can I get a picture? Can you can you s- s- sign my hand? This would be like get out of here. I'm eating. <laughs> that's when you know you made it. Are you going to eat those uh, onion rings? When that's annoying. <laughs> well, thanks for joining us. Thanks for hanging out great. with us. This thanks is for a, having me, Burke and Kathy. We and kept Mark. you a long time. Yeah, this is a long one. I'm so <laughs> sorry. I think yeah, it was but you were in, you're interesting. We could we could talk to you for hours. I know. But we want to. I hate cutting it. No, there's things that we didn't even go into. Yeah. Yeah. Whole get... whole rooms we didn't even open the door. There's more to do. Yeah, we'll have you on again. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Great. Great time. Thanks, have, David. Have Emily call. My, have Emily call my people. Okay, she will. <laughs> She's my agent, my manager, yeah, my boss. All three. Exactly. Of them. She is the boss. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks very much for listening. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. Thanks. This was a fun one. We're walking out the door now. Okay. Bye. 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 Bye, everybody. Okay. Bye. 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 Now. All right. Okay. Bye. <laughs> 
we gotta we gotta hang out sometime. Okay, bye now. <laughs>